Now, for something completely different, here is your host, former New York City radio star, now relegated to third-tier podcasting, Brian Wilson. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people of all sexes, genders, pronouns, gerunds, fascist, Marxist, or dictatorial denominations, oh, and a special welcome to our guest, the winner of the bi-monthly Nantucket drag queen race, Sister horrendous thud. Welcome to another episode of The Two and Only, a titillating tiptoe through the tulips of podcasting. Brian Wilson's my name, former talk show host and currently freelance Petri dish for an unlicensed Alabama hospital. I'm tentatively joined by my traveling companion and compatriot, best-selling author, chief harpoon chucker for the infamous New York Post editorial page, and featured speaker at last week's 20th anniversary of the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. You listeners need to know Mr. Bovard drove the entire 936-mile round trip to the Granite State rather than renew his close, warm, personal relationship with the TSA and experience another one of their beard frisks in the little back room they're so proud of. Please welcome the long-suffering Jim Bovard. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me back on. Great to hear you back uh, on the podcast. Yeah, wouldn't miss it for the world. That was a uh, libertarian group up there in New Hampshire, wasn't it? Yeah, a very impressive group, the uh, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. They've been one of the most effective pro-freedom organizations in the country. Um, and just uh, talking with people there, listening to uh, what they've achieved over the last couple, last two decades. Um, those folks could be a model for a lot of states and how to put a leash on politicians and bureaucrats. I mean, that's great. Maybe we can give them a higher profile somewhere down the road. I, I think the most uh, people hear about out of out of New Hampshire, as far as anything libertarian is concerned, is that Free State project that, uh, well, that started about 20-some-odd years ago, too, right? The, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's something which has made progress. There's a lot of good folks that have moved to New Hampshire. There was a, there was a, a lady, a, a New Hampshire legislator, who was asking me how come I had not moved to New Hampshire since I'm, you know, since I said hmm. I was pro-freedom. And so I explained to her that under the terms of my parole, I've got to remain in Maryland. Yes, very short leash there. I, uh, <laughs> I hope she got it. <laughs> it was a very sharp audience. The humor worked better there than it does around here. Hmm. Yeah, you got to take a visit to Ohio. Anyway, um, I find it remarkable, uh, quite frankly, how the Libertarian Party hasn't grown faster than it has. I, I mean, my first meetup with them was in Atlanta at the convention in 1990 and met Walter Williams and a bunch of other people there. And, and the, the monthly meetings down there were always held at some small pub around town. And here we are 30 some odd years later, and the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance anniversary featuring Jim Barbard was held at the Murphy's Tap Room in Bedford, New Hampshire. So they must have a, um, why is that? They seem to have a, a particular alliance for uh, hanging out wherever wherever beer is sold. But I don't know, the Bovard Beer and Libertarians, what more could you ask for? You know, that, uh, yeah, it, well, it, it was it's <laughs> called a tap room, but it was actually a, a very large venue, uh, a, a very classy place uh, that was owned by one of the uh, members. I think the the guy, the owner may have even been a senator in New Hampshire, so Whoa. Uh, Whoa. state senator. So. Um, it was, you know, it was a nice vibe. I didn't see any fist fights. Ah, well, that's uh, that's encouraging. A, um, you know, when we last left our journey here, 
Uh, I was saying the uh, briefest overview of Washington and what passes for governance uh, reveals corruption at levels that uh, we've never seen before, at least not in my limited knowledge and lifetime. Executive, legislative, judicial branches uh, are all loaded with uh, all sorts of unconstitutional and criminal actions that are costing Americans trillions of bucks, wiping out the middle class and gradually destroying any semblance of respect for the rule of law. And then you came back with an excellent comment about there's people in your line of work and in different aspects of the media and alt media that are really digging up really good stuff and making them uh, making them available to people so that their their awareness level uh, goes up accordingly. So I think and I think today what we're going to talk about today what we've seen today is a part and parcel of all that. But um, now in the uh, in the face of all that deceit, uh, holding uh, just a slim slim majority in the House of uh, representatives of the Republican Party has stepped up to lead the initial charges of claims about extraterrestrial life. And I think we should be very encouraged about that, because until recently, that would have ended your career more quickly than producing Jeffrey Epstein's diary or a video of Vince Foster's murder or a comparison of Web, Web Hubble and Chelsea Clinton's DNA test. Anyway, they, uh, I don't know whether it's going to happen all that now with uh, these latest developments in the Hunter Biden case. Uh, do they go ahead with those? Remarkably irrelevant meetings, or are they uh, are they going to stay focused on little green men and aggressive flying saucer drivers? Well, Congress is getting ready to leave town anyhow at the end of the week, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, they're going to have their 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 month long August vacation. Maybe it's five weeks. I don't know how long it is, but most time they um, they end up taking off much of the summer. So, uh, but they get full pay anyhow, plus a per mm. diem. Sometimes, yeah. Um, that was that eighty-four dollar thing that they initiated too? They get back just for the hell of it. Don't even have to turn in a receipt. I like yeah, I I, uh, I think it's like two hundred and seventy dollars for lodging and eighty dollars <laughs> a day or seventy-nine dollars a day for meal <laughs> meals, and they don't have to produce any receipts. They just say, "Well, I was inside. Uh, I was in D.C., so you know, where's my extra money?" But it's not a pay increase; it's reimbursement uh, because Congress says so. Well, there you go. That's a lot of incentive to run for office, you know, when you try and figure out why people actually run for office. It'd be uh, you just consider the bennies and that'd be good enough for a lot of people. But on this um, uh, uh, this business with Hunter Biden, and I'm sure that there's an awful lot that's going to be developing from now on. And I know you are not um, are not one to speculate on uh, on this business because it's basically a crapshoot, you know, that, uh, what might happen. But uh, do you have any um do you have any strong uh, ideas, feelings, or urgings in one particular direction or other as to how this thing is going to go? Or is just going to be this just more of the of the uh, collapse of the Biden family crime syndicate and the uh, and the administration? Well, nowadays people got to take their comic relief wherever they can find it. True. And uh, this uh, to, to see how things went down this morning, it was a hoot. Because it was an outrageous plea deal that the Justice Department gave Hunter Biden, mm -hmm. the son of the president. Um, I mean, he was someone who had not paid taxes for years, despite millions of dollars of money coming in from overseas. And these wire transfers that were pretty damn squirrely. Uh, there was, uh, you know, he's doing crack cocaine. He lied about it, bought a handgun, false statement on a federal firearms purchase form. Uh, but the uh, Justice Department said, well, you know, try not to do it again, um, at least until your father leaves the White House. <laughs> and so uh, so they were going to just it was going to be a wrist slap. 
Uh, well, I, I mean, the the hard facts haven't come out, but what's clear is that the deal collapsed today, partly because the Justice Department apparently indicated that there might be other charges coming down the road, and Hunter's Hunter Biden's lawyers apparently thought that that uh, signing off on this deal would would immunize him from any further federal investigations or charges. Hell of a sweetheart deal. Oh, uh, but, yeah. but, the, but the federal judge apparently was unhappy with some of the squirrely aspects of this and some of the uh, perhaps some of the stuff that's not yet been publicly revealed. But uh, so the entire deal fell apart. And this is bad news for uh, Biden's reelection campaign. But but, uh, you know, it makes me wonder, though, based on uh, based on all of that. Uh, maybe I lost something uh, a month or so ago when I was on another planet, but I, I was under the impression that uh, that this was the deal that they worked out, that the judge had essentially accepted the the deal as presented, and this today, if it hadn't been for the fun and games from last night, uh, was just a, a technicality, a formality of saying, are you okay with it? Are you okay with it? Okay, if y'all are okay with it, let's move on. Uh, apparently, I'm incorrect in that understanding that the judge had a say so in in all of this, and that's where the that's where they hit bottom. Yeah, my impression was that the primary problem today was not the uh, foul play by some of the folks on the Hunter Biden side regarding the uh, brief that they tried to get suppressed that was reported yesterday, right. but that the actual deal itself had too many questions and too many assumptions. And there was apparently some, um, uh, a, a lot of difference in perspective between the Justice Department lawyers and Hunter Biden's lawyers. And it's an absolute fiasco to show up in federal court and not have these things resolved. But it's also possible that, that we have no idea yet what actually caused this to go, um, uh, to, to go off the rails. Mm -hmm. Because there, there's a lot of questions and um, hopefully we get some answers in the next 24, 48 hours. Well, that's interesting. I because I like I say, I was not uh, I, I was not aware of uh, or the 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 potential uh, for the judge to throw a monkey wrench in this thing. But apparently, uh, uh, understanding you know what you're saying is that the there was just too much sweet in the sweetheart part for her to swallow. Yeah, uh, I've seen some folks who might be knowledgeable commenting on uh, Twitter that there were other provisions that were not yet uh, made public in this deal that mm. also rankled the judge. I don't know if that's accurate, uh, but there's been a huge lack of transparency in this entire investigation. And there's been so many uh, bizarre delays and so much, so many other potentially far more damning charges swept under the rug that um, maybe this is a chance for a little more justice and due process than would have otherwise occurred. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking that maybe the yeah, the judge being aware of uh, some, if not all, of this business, uh, she might be concerned about the image of the uh, of her judgeship and the rule of law. The fact that she goes ahead and signs off on this, and then, like you say, you know, next week or two weeks from now, all of a sudden, these other things that we don't know about come rolling out and say, "Well, my God, that was a sweetheart deal in the first place. Now it's on steroids, and uh, this is uh, this is not good at all." The other uh, the other big story. To me, is this uh, Potemkin village president, Potemkin president? Uh, I'm glad you explained the Potemkin village 
construction over in Russia. I don't know that too many people are up on uh, various subdivision construction, you know, in the Russian suburbs, Moscow suburbs, whatever the case. But uh, it's always served as a great example um, for people to see how things like that happen in Russia and why, and now the different, they're using it analogously in different applications here in, in, in our country and other countries, government and all the rest. So you've got Team Biden putting together a, a Potemkin village about Biden's presidency in order to pull the wool over uh, American size as to just how bad it is. Yeah, well, this is, and they're getting a lot of help from the media on this because the the uh, president is having trouble walking across the stage, walking upstairs to uh, Air Force One, um, answering simple questions, um, or even sitting still until a television interview is over. <laughs> and yet the, the media is implicitly portraying him as competent, not only currently, but for another four years. And it's unclear how much longer that this uh, charade will be able to continue. I mean, Biden has gotten so confused uh, standing uh, and trying to exit the stage so many times that the Waze software should make a special app for the president to find his next step. Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, I was offered a download on that uh, right after your article came out. So they must be uh, following this pretty closely. Probably the second biggest thing was the announcement that uh, that uh, the Biden administration and presidency has cured cancer. I think that was a head snap. I hadn't heard that. Very um, impressive accomplishment. Very. Really? Uh, I mean, that's, that's going to be the top of the list for his reelection campaign. So um, it's funny how Biden just kind of throws out these things out of nowhere. And it's and uh, folks kind of nod and like, well, that's just Joe Biden talking about, you know, does he know what year it is? Does he have any idea what impact federal his federal policies have actually had? We don't know because he's almost never cross-examined. Um, I mean, it's, it's very rare for him to go back and forth with the journalist or anybody, um, someone who might call him out on his uh, false statements. Yeah, I've asked uh, Cassie about that a couple of times because she's got, you know, the majority of the journalism experience, you know, in the House. And um, why is it, uh, especially when you looked at at, uh, at Clinton and his press, the, the press conferences there, and the way people like, um, uh, well, the folks from CNN, uh, Jim, whatever his name was, would... Um, jump up and, and back talk and, and you know and do follow-ups without being recognized and when the president showed up he you know went toe-to-toe -to -toe with him and and things were things are really borderline chaos you know at that point and now you'll get a um, you'll get a Ducey or his replacement whoever's filling in for him now that you know that asked the question is perfectly legitimate question and uh, Pierre will sit there and say, oh, I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to deal with that. We're not going to deal with that. And they just move on as opposed to, well, no, wait a minute. You're the, you're the press secretary. You're here to answer questions that we are presenting on behalf of the American people. How do you just decide arbitrarily, you know, screw it. I'm not going to answer it. Let's go talk about something else. It's, I, I find that, uh, I find that fascinating. Now, Cassie's take on it is, is that it's, it's such a thing to get on the White House press team, to actually be in that room and get that gig from your employer, uh, and the fact that all those other uh, reporters, if they don't like the way you're conducting yourself, can complain and, and get you tossed. I guess I've never had much confidence in truth coming out of a uh, White House briefing. Um, I mean, if you look at the, at the history of the Washington journalists who 
who broke the biggest stories, they're almost never in the White House press corps. So true that it's just kind of like more of the same hokum. And uh, most of the press secretaries the last few decades have, have been, um, you know, they haven't been there to help the public learn the truth. Let's just put it like that. But it's interesting going back. It's interesting to contrast Biden's presidency with Trump. Trump made a lot of false statements. He still does. But Trump was sparred with reporters. Flashing back, Bill Clinton was also pretty good at that. But but you've got Biden, who's just completely insulated from any any substantive exchange with the media that is not kowtowing. Yeah. Well, you get is that big toothy grin or some uh, smart ass you know remark, and and he walks out if you can find the door. But uh, uh, come on, man. Come on, yeah. man. <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. But yeah, well, he said that to uh, Ducey the other day. Why do you ask uh, stupid questions? Well, because you're giving stupid answers. I'm trying to get some. That's what I would have said. But then I only had one shot at that before I got bounced. But the big, big, big story that we're we aren't even talking about here, you know, is is the fact that uh, the the dog. The Biden's uh, German Shepherd has been using Secret Service agents as a chew toy for the white for hanging around the White House. I just find that uh, really kind of astounding that it wasn't once or twice. It was it's I mean like seven or eight times. One guy had to go to the hospital. The Secret Service they they must be of a higher class of training uh, because in Pudfark. Uh, Ohio, they just shoot them. They don't even have to be gnawing on their leg. Dog comes around the corner, bam, you know, they let them have it. So I'm curious uh, how the Secret Service, they're all pretty well armed, why they would allow that to, t- to take place over and over and over and over and over again. Well, it's uh, that's how they keep their jobs. I mean, uh, it's the president's dog and the dog bites you, then, hmm. uh, you know, that's bad luck. But, you know, it's the president's dog. It's like an act of God. So oh, okay. it, it's but it, to, to clarify on that, this is my understanding is that this is the, the second Biden German Shepherd, because yep. the first one bit so many Secret Service agents, they had to basically get rid of it and send it out someplace else. So they brought in another untrained German Shepherd that's been attacking these agents left and right. And we don't know all the attacks because it was a fairly narrow frame of time that was uh, was disclosed thanks to a, a lawsuit against uh, the Department of Homeland Security to get the Secret Service records. This is not information that came out voluntarily from the White House. It was a federal lawsuit to get disclosure. And the, and the thing that strikes me is uh, if it's that, that difficult to find out that Biden's dog ripped into a Secret Service agent so bad that the guy had to be hospitalized. How many other things are we not hearing about, like how many other Biden falls or or Biden wandering off, you know, uh, like a lost sheep? I mean, we have no idea what's going on inside the White House. We don't even know when the dogs are uh, chewing up the Secret Service agents. Yeah, you would have thought maybe somebody in the Secret Service might have mentioned something, but I guess they got a muzzle <laughs> there, too. But um my understanding was that the previous dog, which was major or colonel or some other rank, was let loose because it wasn't just Secret Service agents. He did, he did chomp on on other people, other departments, other you know not not Secret Service people ex- exclusively. And as you just mentioned, it's entirely possible, if not probable, that um, that that's the same case here. They're just mentioning Secret Service and they're leaving out the Nantucket chef or something along that order that might have happened. Who knows? And it was a uh, narrow swath of time. In a, a late last year and early this year, because it's not up to date. It's possible there were other uh, 
other Secret Service agents or other people bit by that German Shepherd. Uh, but, you know, what sort of folks consistently have badly trained dogs that maul other people and they just shrug it off? Yeah, I was thinking, why was it Secret Service agents? So obviously, the ones that are always around the president. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, why not um, Why not Miss Pierre when she walked in or something like that? I guess it'd be racist if you did that. But I just think there are things like that, that uh, things that make you go, hmm, especially when you flesh it out, as you just did with, well, there's a big chunk of time here and a big chunk of time there. And they didn't answer this and they didn't mention that. And this story never came out. And you start to wonder, uh, since the competency of the president is already up for discussion, you may find that he's just beyond uh, the pale and uh, if you really did have all the information. So, but uh, maybe this is just part of the drip, drip, drip turning into a real honest to goodness leak, which is going to turn into a, into a real uh, deluge of, uh, of information once uh, this stuff starts coming out. I tell you, between um, German Shepherd chewing on the Secret Service and the Republicans finally getting into uh, the flying saucers and UFOs, it's uh, good to know that the uh, government is is in good hands and moving down the road and disclosing things that are of great importance to all of us. <clears throat> and there you have it. But the Potemkin presidency that you can see in today's New York Post is certainly worth uh, worth a trip. Or you can go to uh, jimbovard.com and, uh, and catch it up there. Regrettably, it's time to bring down our curtain of mercy. The uh, two and only will return next week, same time, same pod, or whenever you feel inclined to subject yourself to another 30 minutes of emotional turmoil. Remember to avail yourself of the full battery of the Bovard Library for scintillating reading throughout the rest of the summer. Be sure to swing by uh, jimbovard.com, pick up that um, that Tomkin president uh, story, and uh, brianwilson.net for the floatsome and jetsome that doesn't make prime time here on the two and only. Technical guidance today was provided by Joe Ted and his incandescent tube collection. Pull the plug, Joe. <laughs>